Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Make It Kind. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, something I could actually do every day. We we talked about it at one time. Who knows what might happen? And that everyday thing would be talk to our friend Eric Bollard of PressRun.media. Fearless media commentary. You all really ought to read what Eric is writing and support it, not only because it'll be helpful to you in terms of discerning what's out here. Let's face it, we all are influenced by media, sometimes rightly, oftentimes more and more wrongly. So we need someone to kind of be our third eye and help us filter through. And Eric is doing that in a very fearless way. And it does take a lot of courage to do that. We were just talking about how, you know, the contracting industry lends itself to people kind of, you know, going with the flow or going along to get along and not really challenging commentary the way it should be. But Eric has the courage to do that. That is his ministry. And we admire him for that. Press run that media. Eric, buddy, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for the kind words. Yeah, yeah. No, folks, and please subscribe. Everybody else is subscribing. Famous people, everybody's reading Press Run. It keeps us clear. It keeps our feet on the ground. So we haven't talked in a while, so just to catch up, so it kind of pull it all together. Chuck Todd, as you write, every now and then acknowledges the faults of himself, his own faults and the faults of his mainstream colleagues, not standing up more against the right wing, not being so, and he even articulated what you and I have talked about over the years, yeah. this overcompensation for the liberal media bias accusation. He acknowledges it, but then still nothing changes. Case in point, we're going to make a scandal story. That's what we're going to do out of Biden going to Delaware. Uh, <laughs> we got to we gotta create something out of that. We, we're not going to give Biden credit for jobs. We're going to we're going to criticize Biden and say, oh, it could be, a, as New York Times said, it could be a disaster. It could not go well for Biden in Afghanistan. So even though Chuck Todd says that, and he's clearly a leader, no one caught on. There's been no change made. Yeah. So he, he gave an interview a week or so ago. And as, and, and as you mentioned, you know, he does this like every 18 months. <laughs> he'll come out and he'll acknowledge the fundamental flaws of how the Beltway media operates. And in this interview, he talked about fear of liberal media bias and how he said the press has not done a good job in terms of pushing back against Republicans. They've allowed the conservatives for the last 50 years to define that bad faith debate. 
about whether the press has a has a liberal media bias and that's great and those as you said that's the language we use that's that's what progressives have been talking about for years but then he goes back to NBC and MSNBC and nothing changes there are no structural structural changes to the shows specifically meet the press Chuck Todd still seems to think his main job is booking the guests and after that they come on and you know, well, if you lie about the election, well, if you lie about the vaccine, well, you know, there might be some mild pushback, but maybe one or two questions and then he'll say, well, we'll, we'll have to leave it there. And you've just given a platform to Republican liars to misinform millions of people. So it's, it's frustrating. But the comments confirm that people know what's going on. You know, we're, we're not shouting into the, the abyss when we talk about this fear of liberal media bias and how Republicans dominate debate and how every news cycle starts with the premise, what are Republicans angry about and things like that. So he confirms that it's a problem. He and others just won't just won't take the next step to do anything about it. And the other couple of things you mentioned, you know, I wrote about press run on, on Friday about Jen Psaki is still getting questions about why Joe Biden goes to Delaware. Five months. Five months of these kind of silly gotcha questions. And they began in the winter. And the, and the premise was Biden was a hypocrite because the CDC says to avoid unnecessary travel. This is when most of America was unvaccinated. CDC did not want people in crowded airports, in crowded airplanes. And so it's it, one of its guidelines was if you don't have to travel, don't. And three weeks into his presidency, Biden went to uh, Delaware and the Associated Press was giving him a hard time. And then Fox News jumped on it. And then the Associated Press came back. The CDC guidelines do not apply to the leader of the free world. The idea that Biden (laughs) could use Air Force One to avoid crowded airplanes and crowded airports is so obvious to everyone. It's absurd. So instead of that being like a weird one-off gotcha question from February, it's August and the White House is still getting questions about why Joe Biden is going to Delaware. It's a complete not story. And as I point out, this this has the whiff of both sides to it, right? Trump spent 428 days not only traveling for leisure, but at his own properties, billing the federal government $100 million. So I think the press, you know, it goes back to our very first point, you know, the fear of liberal media. Well, we were tough on Trump when he left the White House, when he took weekend trips. So now we have to be tough on Biden, even though there's literally no connection whatsoever between Trump going to his own properties and billing the federal government $100 million and going being there every four days of his presidency and Joe Biden spending weekends in Delaware because that's where he lives. So yeah. All kinds of all kinds of kind of weird coverage and and again a lot of it goes back to the very base fear of liberal media bias and then indirectly how do we prove we're not liberal? Well, we'll give the White House a hard time for no reason about these unremarkable trips to Delaware. Yeah, the both sidesism is very very clear. You also quote in your piece. Quote, I loved covering Trump. One prominent, albeit anonymous, White House reporter recently confided. It was a great and fascinating story. It wasn't just about him. It was about his movement and institutions in America. The story was always so dramatic and had these larger than life characters. The stakes often felt very high. I like covering Biden, too, but it just doesn't feel as dramatic. So is Biden being penalized because he's just a regular 
Yeah, yeah. Look, look, the press, the press misses the Trump circus. They miss the leaks. They miss the scandals. They miss the hate tweets. They miss all of it. They've openly complained that Biden is too boring. Look, they're they're banging their head against the wall, wondering how many times they have to write infrastructure negotiation stories. <laughs> you know, it's not interesting. It's not entertaining. And that's, I think, the key point. You know, they want this to be entertaining. And we also can't forget just how incredibly lucrative the Trump years were, virtually Everyone who covered the Trump White House for a major news organization was rewarded with a book deal. And as I've said from day one, nobody's getting a Biden book deal. There's no gossip. There's no intrigue. And even if someone did get a Biden White House book deal, it's not going to the top. It's not going to the top of the New York Times bestseller list. So I think there's a little resentment about that and a return to the no drama era that Obama kind of made famous. And Biden, that's clearly his MO, doesn't insert himself into any news cycle, doesn't tweet, doesn't offend people, just the complete opposite of Trump. So yeah, that quote uh, you read, look, they miss it. They miss the drama. And just real quick, and I've I've said this before, nobody who covered politics in in the Beltway for four years of Trump had to spend 10 minutes trying to figure out what they were going to write about. The stories were just raining down on people because Trump was essentially running a criminal enterprise out of the White House. A lot of people go to work into the Biden era and kind of scratch their head and think, hmm, what <laughs> what am I going to create? Where's the drama? Where's the intrigue? Where's where's the conflict? Democratic Party has never been this united in, a, in the modern era. And, and so I think they do kind of scratch around and, and it ends up with silliness like badgering Jen Psaki about Biden's trips to Delaware. <laughs> More MIP after this message. And clearly, they are obviously, I mean, if they want drama stories similar to Trump, there are other characters similar to Trump running around the halls of Congress right now. I mean, I mean, if that's if the goal is to create some and we know part of this is to to sell and get clicks and all of that. And people like drama. They like to read about drama. They could cover Matt Gates. They could cover any number of people uh, in Congress and get the daily fare of that, couldn't they? Yeah, of course. But again, they don't they don't want to be seen to hounding these Republicans and, and, and attacking them. And so they're going to try to nickel and dime, I think, the Biden White House any way they can. And again, you mentioned it quickly. And I and I, and I wrote a piece last week. This, this honestly blew my mind and it didn't really get a ton of coverage. That jobs report that came out, nearly one million jobs. People knew it was going to be good, but it was a yeah. hundred thousand better than good. One of the best jobs report in the last decade not just in terms of jobs, but in terms of wages, in terms of participation, in terms of the unemployment rate. This was a blockbuster jobs report. Was not mentioned on NBC Nightly News, was not mentioned on CBS Evening News. ABC World News that night put it in about 18 minutes. And people say, well, who watches Evening News? Well, 20 million people watch those three shows. (laughs) It's still incredibly influential. And last Friday, and probably all this week, the key was COVID. COVID, COVID, COVID. It's rampant. It's runaway. It's a problem. All bad news, COVID. So I think a million new jobs just didn't fit into that narrative, right? So if if the world is falling, if America is falling apart under Biden with COVID, how do we get a million new jobs? So that is jaw-dropping to me. Uh, Just because jobs reports, it's just automatic. You stick it in. you, you, You stick it in the lineup for the evening news. A million I guarantee you there has never been a jobs report with a million new jobs that was not covered on the evening news like last week. Yeah. So no news. So for Biden, good news is no news. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. What 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 do you think about to the coverage of the, the infrastructure bill? 
have you had a chance to kind of look at and I, and I know you you acknowledged on Twitter what the New York Times did with Afghanistan. Of course, that's they put sort of a negative headline on that. But what do you think about the infrastructure piece and how that's being covered? Well, I think a couple of things is that vote got 19 Republican votes, which shocked right. a lot of people. Truly bipartisan. The Beltway Press ought to be carrying Joe Biden around on their shoulders. I mean, mm-hmm. this is, this is Corps that just absolutely worships at the altar of bipartisanship. Remember when he came in and he wanted to pass a COVID relief bill, which when the country was absolutely crippled January and February, and the press response was, if he doesn't have Republican votes, it doesn't really count. It doesn't really matter. When a Democrat is in the White House, the most important thing in terms of the Beltway Press is to get Republican votes. You know, they didn't seem to care when Trump passed his tax cut without any bipartisan votes. He was just being savvy. So, they kind of missed the story, right? They said Biden was being naive. He didn't understand the way the Capitol works now. He didn't understand today's Republican Party. Got 19 votes. So I think the infrastructure bill has baffled the Beltway Press in lots of ways over the last few months. <laughs> and so he, he, he Biden got this incredible victory. And the New York Times immediately says, well, you know, now he's going to, you know, now the problem is the Democrats. You know, he's not going to be able to hold the Democrats together. So they, right. you know, they, even, they wouldn't even let him bask in his glory for 12 hours. And it's also interesting in that, you know, the Trump White House was utterly incompetent in terms of working with the Hill, working with the other party, negotiating, legislating in the traditional sense, in the West Wing sense, where you get people together and you hammer out deals and, and things like that. Didn't, uh, Trump White House didn't even try, couldn't, couldn't never pulled anything off. One piece of legislation that was bipartisan in any serious way. And here Biden comes in and puts this together despite all the odds and not a ton of coverage. Look, I said this earlier in the year, if Biden were a Democrat, he, he would be toasted as the new Reagan, right? Strong approval numbers, able to communicate with the country, kind of defy the partisan odds, feel good, you know, a feel good demeanor, you know, optimism in America. But that's, press isn't, there's no rush to kind of idolize Joe Biden, that's for sure. Well, and, and that's... And, and just a real quick point, I, I think uh-huh. they see him as kind of this placeholder, right? He's not really... You know, he might not run. He's kind of old. We've known him for a long time. You know, he's not fiery. He doesn't insult people. You know, the Times wrote a piece a couple of weeks ago. He was boring. You know, his rhetoric, he couldn't inspire people. Biden has a 95 percent approval rating among Democrats, I think higher than anyone since JFK. <laughs> and, and and the New York Times is writing stories about how he doesn't inspire people. I, I, I do. I do think they see him as just kind of this placeholder figure, which is a weird way to view a functioning president. Which means they're still mystified by Donald Trump, which is really, really unfortunate. More MIP after this message. Folks, we mentioned Chuck Todd's piece, his statement and what Eric wrote about it. But I just want people to hear this. And this is probably going to sound really incredible coming from Chuck Todd. He said, quote, we should have fought back better in the mainstream media. We shouldn't have accepted the premise that there was liberal bias. We should have defended. We ended up in this both sides trope. We bought into the idea that, oh, my God, we're perceived as having a liberal bias. Where we did get lost in this and this sort of happened in mainstream media in particular is that we did we did let Republican critics get in our heads. The Republicans have been running on there's a liberal bias in media. This has been a 45 year campaign. And of course, as he always does, Eric reminds us, it's actually been a 52-year campaign going back to Spiro T. But I think what's also interesting, and we've talked about this before, it's as if the Beltway media also has bought into or 
Zuckerberg is employing the social media algorithm. And we all know that those algorithms on Facebook and Twitter thrive and go viral based upon negativism, controversy, and all of that. So it's like, well, that's that's the name of the name. That's that's the order of the day. And I think we all obviously lose in that. And then also, you know, this whole thing. So I guess Fox is promoting DeSantis, although his, his new name is Death Santis. Right. Uh, I, I just don't see, even if Biden were a placeholder, yeah, yeah, yeah. How how can you elevate someone? And I do think I don't know. I'm not saying it's a good idea. I would not be surprised if Biden does run for re-election. Mm-hmm. But let's let's say for the sake of conversation, he does. So are they going to just? Is this going to be a race about COVID? That's going to be the issue. Like with Clinton, is the economy stupid? It's going to be is mask stupid? We don't want to wear a mask, and we're going to the American elector is going to decide who the next president is based upon COVID and who had to wear a mask and who didn't. It's really insane to me. As as usual, I don't understand how the Republican Party sees they think they have a winning issue with fill in the blank, and I don't understand why the press buys this premise that the Republican has a winning issue. You know, CNN yesterday did it, or two days ago did a piece. Republicans were coalescing around the anti-mask backlash. It was a very long story article, and there was not one piece of polling data to suggest there is an anti-mask backlash because, in fact, there is not. A clear majority of Americans support social distancing, support masks, mask mandates in the workplace, in schools, just like they did 12 months ago when the, when the press was running to these reopen rallies that sometimes had 18 or 19 people with them and claimed there was a backlash you know, against the lockdown. Now we're seeing these same AstroTurf protests. Yes, they're ugly and, and they're filling school board meetings. And Franklin, Tennessee, uh, you know, a doctor volunteered to come and speak about the benefits of masks. And he, you know, if there hadn't been police out behind the school, I think he would have been dragged from his car. That's how he was thanked for his time. But, you know, the protester, as is a tradition, the, the press has a real tough time telling the truth about these right wing nut jobs and the Trump voters for four years. You know, and the, we all know they were interviewed in the diners. They were just regular folk hardworking folk. Well, it turns out they're insurrectionists is what they are. And now with these masks, oh, they're just concerned parents. You know, they're just regular folk like you or me. Well, no, most a lot of them are QAnon and yeah. they think Trump's going to be, you know, and they thought Trump was going to be reinstated yesterday. The media just isn't doing a good job being honest. And they're buying into this premise that there's this anti-max backlash around the country. There isn't. People can see people dying. People can see the hospitals filling up. People are pissed off that we're doing this again because particularly the white evangelical southern block of tens of millions of people who won't get vaccinated. There's a backlash, all right, but it's not the one the press thinks there is. Right. You're right. You're right. Last but not least, this is the headline of the year from Eric. New York Times demands Cuomo resign in four years. They never call for Trump to step down. Further evidence of the fear in of I mean, so you you you're not gonna say anything about Trump, you're gonna say something about Cuomo. So mm-hmm. but there's so there's a fear mm-hmm. of being fair when it comes to this. And you know, the same thing happened with Al Frank, and of course, don't get me wrong, I know you and I agree that Cuomo should have stepped down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but let's be honest, folks. <laughs> as much as we talk about the way the system is the the legal system is rigged to discourage women from reporting these crimes, to discourage women from coming forward. The system is also rigged 
to discourage politicians from being forthright and being held accountable because there's a whole party that does that every day. Yeah. And the media doesn't call on them to do it. So I want to be clear, Cuomo is wrong as rain, but Cuomo was enabled to resist resignation. Because I mean, I know what he was thinking. We all know what Cuomo was thinking. Wait a minute. Sure, sure, Why right. should I Cuomo resign if nobody's calling on anybody else to resign and if Trump didn't resign? Yeah. Let's just be honest about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it took the New York Times 24 hours to call for Cuomo's resignation after that report came out. Two impeachments, an insurrection, 600,000 dead COVID, telling 20,000 lies, telling people to inject uh, bleach into their veins. None of those things apparently prompted the New York Times editorial board to conclude that Trump was no longer fit to serve. But 24 hours, that's how long it took him to tell Cuomo to resign. It's really remarkable. I think it's a couple of things that there is the fear of the liberal media. And also Trump was very good for the New York Times. Uh, they had access to him. Uh, their subscriptions went through the ceiling. So uh, honestly, I think there was an economic element to that as well. The Times was perfectly fine having Trump in office a year or so ago. Dean Beckett, executive editor, said he didn't really view Trump as being an historical figure in American history, compared him to um, uh, uh, Edwards, who was kind of a controversial governor from Louisiana in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, you know, so the editor of the New York Times, who refuses, uh, who refused to call Trump a liar for four years, you know, he didn't, Trump was just kind of a, eh, maybe an eccentric character. So if you think Trump's just kind of an eccentric character, then yeah, you don't think he has to resign. If you thought he was, you know, a borderline fascist who gave a stand down order for a deadly virus and tried to recruit a foreign government to interfere with our elections. Yeah, then you probably would think it would be a good idea to, for him to resign. So, yeah. So the Cuomo and Trump thing, it was just in, just insanely clear cut. Uh, and a quick point, as, as a few people pointed, I, I tweet that that idea really hit a nerve. I tweeted it twice. On Friday, then I wrote a piece. The tweets, the two tweets got like two million impressions. And mm. several people said, gee, too bad the New York Times doesn't have a public editor. And they could address these kinds of obvious mm. double standards. New York Times for decades had a public editor, but Dean Beckett uh, fired the public editor after she wrote two very critical columns of the Times's Russia 2016 election coverage. So the Times doesn't have a public editor, doesn't feel it's accountable, doesn't want his, doesn't want the staff to be feel accountable. And so when these obviously raging double standards come up like Cuomo and Trump, they don't have to they don't have to answer for it. And they feel like they're above it all. They've always felt they're above liberal critiques of the media, whereas right-wing critiques of the media kind of send them into a tailspin. Yeah, yeah. Folks, uh, you should get access to Press Run by the media so you can be aware of everything that's going on out here from a more objective perspective, absolutely. Be sure to check it out again, Press Run by the media. Always a great opportunity to talk with our good friend, Eric Bowler. Thank you, buddy. Keep up the good work, man, okay? I appreciate it. Anytime. Talk to you soon. All right. Likewise. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.